0: Hey, Nerdburger listeners, this is Craig. Um, I made a game called Murders and Acquisitions, and until the end of March, I've got it on sale for 15% off. You can get the hardcover at the same price that all these Kickstarter backers like Mike and Jim got it for. If you go over to nerdburgershow.com, there's a link. Click it, go buy the book uh, for a little cheaper than what it normally is. And uh, I'll love you forever. Thank you.
1: I have. Dead women, lady parts in my mouth, and I have a tattoo on my colon.
0: I can tell you this: you you say it uh, it may not be tactile, but I will tell you for a brief time it was braille because whenever you get a tattoo, you, it does swell a bit. That this the flesh that is gets that, tattooed swells a little bit.
1: So is that for, true of the colon? I would assume so. I don't know. I this zero
2: is... shopping results on Google for blacklight dildo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> Make one. <laughs> $1, million, million dollar idea.
0: idea. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title.
3: Yeah.
2: Episode two oh nine. It's a podcast. The guy and a guy and a guy in Sky. I'm Mike.
0: I'm Craig, and now is when the quality of the podcast starts trailing off. We Wait, were we really bringing it in the, the, <laughs> the, the, as we closed in on four years. We were? I think so. We had some pretty long episodes, lots of good stuff. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not the length that matters, remember, from your sausage. It's, it's, it's how you listen to that's it. The... <laughs> that's right. It's, the, it's how you listen to the sausage that matters. The, po- the podcast.
0: Anyway, let's talk to Jim. In the
2: year of our Lord, 1506,
1: we
0: Welcome, Jim.
1: Good morning.
0: Guten Morgen. Jim's... Wasn't Jim just here? Yeah, geez, what is the what deal? What is this, like, deja I've been camped vu. out on your porch. <laughs> damn it, Ozarski.
1: Peering I... through the windows. <laughs> like Jack Spratt.
3: <laughs>
1: Wait, we willy winky That was him. <laughs> Runs through the town upstairs and downstairs in his nightgown.
2: Yep, yep. We willy, Winky. Yeah, it's a yes. nurse nursery rhyme. Oh, yeah. I, was, I thought thought that was another type of sausage. He ran <laughs> ran throughout the
0: town upstairs and downstairs in his nightgown. It was like a, it was a little boy who ran around being a peeping tom at night,
1: a, R- rapping a, at the windows, crying through the locks, wearing a in nightgown his, in his in oh, his, yeah.
0: his bed clothes.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, clothes. Yes,
0: clothes. clothes. That's a word. That's a hard one to say. Clothes. Everybody so we just, just say clothes. clothes. <laughs> But that's what you do to a door. <laughs> you don't clothe a door. <laughs> or clothes it. Although you might upholster it.
2: You could upholster a door. Yeah.
1: Well, we put wallpaper, we put weird velvet-flocked wallpaper on walls, so why not?
0: Well, if you want to have the uh, the bathroom that is hidden, then you have to kind of decorate the door. You know, you oh, need yeah. to make it look like the rest of the wall.
2: Well, you, need, you have to put some kind of heavy-duty wallpaper on there, like like the, the velvet stuff that jim said or or like the the kind of like tweed matte stuff that's got like a <laughs> texture to it so or
0: better yet you just do the whole the whole wall in in uh velcro material yeah and that's how you hang all your posters and pictures <laughs> and tchotchkes you just tape velcro
2: onto it okay now now here's <laughs> here's the question though you could redesign you, your decorations every which day. which side of the velcro do you put on the wall the hook or the fuzz you put the fuzzy on there yeah Put the hooks on the stuff you're going to hang, yeah, that's what I think. I think that I think that's right too. I don't think you because what if you brushed up against the hooks you'd get well you'd now get, you, you'd get wall rash <laughs> Now you've got all these abrasions, and yeah. you have to go to the hospital
0: <laughs> what all your, because you wanted a velcro wall. What happened to your elbows?
2: <laughs> uh, i've got I put the hook side on my walls
1: <laughs> nobody thinks this through
0: <laughs> Again, million dollar idea out there on the internet for free. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go talk about some news. What's news, Craig? Oh, Hollywood! Oh no, what now? Well, um, you know, I like <laughs> to I like to complain about reboots. Is there anything they haven't rebooted yet? Well, What's this left? Is, this is extra funny because of the nature of what it is.
2: It doesn't have Ted Beginley in it. No, there's oh,
0: okay. supposedly talk. It's mm-hmm. been almost twenty years. Time to reboot The Matrix. <laughs> now, in the movie The Matrix, what iteration are they on? The ninth one? What does the architect tell Neo? they are multiple iterations into The Matrix. They were, yes. They've been rebooted many times.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was more than, was it only nine? I don't know, but, but it, was a, it was a number I of it times. it was in double digits. It might have been, but it was a it sure, was a number sure, of times because sure. he talks. He, he mentions how like the first one was you're a, not the first terrific, one. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrific <laughs> failure. And if they made it, if they made it too much, oh, like, they made it too perfect. Too perfect.
2: Nobody believed. Nobody it. Nobody
0: believed it. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So, somebody on the on the entire webs I saw a while back had actually kind of figured out how long it had been since how long the Matrix had existed, like the point from where the machines took over and plugged us all in. To the point in the movie. Well, and how many iterations of the Matrix there were, how long they took. They had to piece things together from the movies and from the uh, Animatrix yeah, shorts, okay. all the short films. Well,
2: Morpheus says at one point in the first one that it's closer to the year 2199 instead yeah. of 1999. Right, but they, and then
0: they, they, somebody figured it out. Go look it up. But yeah, whatever. Oh, you're not going to tell us? <laughs> no, go, go look it up. I'll, I'll, uh-huh. I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> Talk about another thing, I'll Google.
2: So Jim, did you like the the Matrix 2 and 3? No. <laughs> what what movies? Hey, he asked he answered it with a single word. Well, well that's sometimes Yeah. Yeah.
0: You like the first one though, right? How long has the Matrix been running?
1: Well, I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the Architect. The Architect Neo's so, in the and, sixth version. Oh, yes. Oh. He, is, he is the sixth anomaly.
2: I didn't think it was way up in double digits. Anyway,
1: um, no, and... I, I think. Look, I have long felt that everything after the first is basically being made up because they wanted to continue making more movies, which is a fine impulse. Yeah. I like money. Who doesn't like money? And sex change operations aren't free. So the the did, the they, reality bo- is... did they
2: both do that now, or is it, yeah? Or they,
1: they, I think they both went. Yeah.
2: Yes, they they both did.
1: I think they both went. And,
2: and so. so now they can be the Wachowski sisters. Essentially. Because when it was they just, just call the first them, one... They just called themselves the Wachowskis. It got all confusing. They just call themselves the Wachowskis
0: oh, okay. now. They're doing Sense8. Sense8? On uh, Netflix, which is really good. I didn't oh, watch okay. it when it first came out, but I gave it a shot a couple months ago, and I enjoyed it. Is it a day show? It's about people all over the world. It's shot in like eight different locations. Expensive. Um also well parts of it the story is about eight people sure. in different parts of the world all very different who start sharing senses with each other uh-oh like they start seeing through each other's eyes and hearing yeah. and all that kind of stuff and unlike we jim, just, who's we just jim who's not hearing us anymore
2: oh, jim would like to add you on skype oh okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why maybe it's because i didn't accept his invitation that came through after well i'm leaving he called should i try to uh we got to get him back on call him right away yeah and coming up next, Jim's rant on the Skype app. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So somebody else in his house had the Wi-Fi on.
0: While we're filling time, um, you saw little sketches. I got the artists working. Fun, fun, oh, we fun. weren't talking about that. Just the, I can talk oh, about the okay. sketches. A couple of characters. Put them on my Facebook. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's
2: really irritating. <laughs> well um, there you go yeah. it heard you and it stopped
0: <laughs> and it said that's enough of that noise so uh, we'll just let him call and we'll keep talking because we're on a, on a on a time frame today Any anything interesting that uh you and i can talk about without jim uh, <laughs> here's something for you allison would enjoy this you have to point her to the article uh-huh. it's about chimps yeah and uh Scientists have noticed, and people who are studying them have noticed that it's the low-status chimps in the chimp organization (laughs) who are the trendsetters. They're the ones who actually can actively teach other chimps to do things. Like, they went and they basically put a box that needs to be opened. It's got food in it and it needs to be opened in a certain way. And they put it out there and they taught an alpha how to do it. Uh And then they put the alpha in with the box and other chimps and the alpha opened the box and none of the other chimps ever attempted to open the box. But when they took like one of the lower ranking, untouchable, you know, whatever, whatever the caste system is in the chimpanzee world, (laughs) the lower ranking chimps, when they were taught to open the box and they did it in front of other chimps, other chimps then did it as well. Like they taught the other chimps to do things and they're calling them (laughs) trendsetters. So, but that doesn't raise their status at all. I don't think so. I think you still have to, you know, if you're going to be the alpha, if you're going to be in charge, you still have to do all this, you know, alpha stuff that you need to do. You got to present yourself, you know, got to put the giant red buttocks out there and beat up the previous alpha. Is that and, chimps? with the, No, that's no, baboons. no. Yeah. <laughs> the red ass baboon. Um, but you know, whatever, whatever their, whatever their dominance
2: mannerisms are, um, I don't think they can see red. Why is their ass red? They can't even see the color. It's not about. It's not about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's about other animals that can see the color. Well,
0: I don't know. Why? Why do? Why do? You know, if dogs can't Ew, see look at color, that. I'm gonna
2: stay away from that.
0: <laughs> dogs, you know, dogs can't see color, but they have a that sense smell like of smell that's like 500 more ass accurate all swollen and red. Yeah. <laughs>
3: hey, there. That's it is.
2: tasty. So that's how the chips. work. He's changed his uh, thing. It says loathing Skype app. Hey, Jim's back. Hey, Jim.
1: No, this movie is making at its best and its worst. And what I'm saying <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: don't worry about it. We, 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 we moved on. We even t- discussed the whole topic while you were gone. Mike, what's okay. the news?
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, th- 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 there, there was a boat, a uh, brand new boat. That was built uh, by uh, some environmental research group to float around in the Antarctic on some kind of mission, and uh, and they opened it up to the to a public vote to name it. Oh, good! I don't know if we covered this. Yay! 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 <laughs> and uh, and the public of uh, uh, decided that the the boat would be named Bodie McBoatface. Bodie
3: McBoatface. <laughs>
2: So the, uh, the, the group that was in charge, uh, said, um, yeah, no, we were not going to name it that even though. Okay.
1: Okay. That, then you lied. Yeah. So then you're dirty. I I have very strong opinions on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. First, first, these people are what Mike, what are they identified as? Uh, What do they do? What's their job in uh, general? I have scientists. They are scientists. They are men and women of science and knowledge. Mm -hmm. They study things. They know things. They should know what happens when you put something like this to a broad public vote. (laughs) That the odds are very long that it's going to be, I know, we must, oh, what was the name of it now? They will not name it the Calypso in honor of Jacques Cousteau. Mm -hmm. They They will not name it, you know. They might not even name it the body aquatic. You know, they they we're human beings. We do they're lucky we didn't get some sort of synonym for penis out of it. <laughs> they are very lucky. And and so the SS they have girth. Yes. Yes. The HMS tumorant. The HMS Turgid.
0: Okay, here you go. I went uh, searching on uh, um, pu- a public vote name. <laughs> the first thing on the list is an article that... And right at the top of the article is Bodie McBoatface. Mo- yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is this is better. This one? Yeah. It's yeah. not a different article. This okay. has got a whole bunch of them. When Greenpeace held a contest in 2000- 2007 to name a whale from a pod of humpbacks they had tagged in the South oh, Pacific, no. it ended up being Mr. Splashy Pants. <laughs> they-
1: that is also very nice. That's better than they deserve. That right. is,
0: and that is perfect if if they ever wanted to make a cartoon sure. and teach kids about the ocean and Greenpeace.
2: All they have to do is have a cartoon have whale m- that has pants on.
0: Mr. Splashy Mr. Pants. Mr. Splashy Pants. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> wrong me, with that at all. Taught me about giant squids and mm-hmm. whales. Yep. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Million dollar idea. Free Another for you on one. the internet. That's
2: two <laughs> so far today.
1: You know, and it, it wasn't writhing aquatic tube. You know, it's... It, <laughs> so, to me, so number one, scientists, you should know better. You should know better. Heck, we had the Twitter AI that we tried to create that we turned into a raving racist in, what, 72 hours? This it's is what we long. do. <laughs> this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Number, number two, you said... No takesy backsies.
0: <laughs> are you fans of? Are either either of you fans of Limp Biscuit?
1: I'm a fan. No, no, I know their song,
0: but okay. I I okay. know who they are. Yeah. Well, um, the vote. <laughs> Did they do a vote for an album? No, this is something better. Uh, the top vote getter was the Fred Durst Society of the Humanities and Arts, and this is when they put <laughs> this is when they put forth public voting for the for renaming Austin, Texas's solid waste services department
1: <laughs> see that's crowdsourcing in a good way
0: <laughs> all right i'm done I, that's enough of those well anyway, for me, so, anyway so so uh, uh,
2: yeah the, uh, be, because of the backlash that they received for uh going back on their word they named um one of the the little submarines the unmanned submarines Bodie McBoatface.
1: face i'll not take your poor sop no, mm-hmm. I demand Bodie McBoatface on the boat you promised us.
0: Yep. And I want a big face on it. Thank you. No, Yeah, they <laughs> yes. didn't even
2: paint a face on this, and it's like tiny. Boo. So, boo. Yeah, boo. Boo. Yeah, so they named the boat. See,
1: Craig, Craig and I disagreed last week. This week, it's strong agreement. Boo, yes. Bodie McBoatface.
2: They named the boat after, the big boat after uh, Sir David Attenborough.
1: Okay. Who's a good guy? That's fine. And deserve and deserving it's of honor. It's a fine. That's name. not what people voted for. <laughs> no,
2: it's not.
0: If I have to be disappointed in our president every time we elect one, <laughs> because that's who we <laughs> voted for, then you got to name your boat Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all there is to it.
1: If we, d- yeah, what a great point. Oh my gosh, what a great point. We we put. The choice of the leader of the free world up to the exact same process.
0: (laughs) The same people who voted for Bodie McBoatface.
1: (laughs) And see see what we get. Then, darn it, if if on January 21st, whoever that is walks out of the Capitol and takes the oath, then you will give me Bodie McFreakin' Boatface.
0: (laughs) I want him... (laughs) Him or her, the next one, whichever one we get, because you know the guy we have now isn't going to have that. This kind of fun, but I want them to embrace this kind of thing and go around and like rename the White House Whitey McWhite House Sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe Whitey's ha- the ba- a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> Housey McWhitenstein. Yeah, there, there you go. go.
0: Housey <laughs> <Hussey> von Whitenborough.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> or <laughs>
2: manufacture a a line of a. Uh, of uh, and I, know, and I know these are illegal, but you could you could manufacture a line of a uh, lawn lawn darts and call them West Lawn darts. Ah,
1: uh, <laughs> just in time for the Easter egg hunt, kids. <laughs> Pew ah, no, I I I just well my 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 big thing with all this full contact you,
0: Easter egg hunt.
1: Yes. What did you think was going to happen?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just I'm absolutely baffled by that. Seriously, some people who are so smart can be so shockingly stupid <laughs> that they thought that the vast majority opening it up to the internet, which is on record as being a bastion of the intelligentsia and the cognizant, <laughs> you know that we are aware that that's what it is. It's sort of a sort of a crystal dome of wisdom,
0: and on top and of it. In the era of the social media, where if the oh. right people get a hold of this and share it around, you just get swarmed with more people that just want to see that happen, just because it can happen. Mm-hmm. Did you
1: did you see the Sarah O'Connor thing? What that happened over the week uh, over the week? No, there is a woman, and I'm trying to find the full story, but I gather she is a uh, she does mathematics and she does insurance mathematics. She's uh, she's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, An adjuster. She's an adjuster for an insurance company. Her name is Sarah O'Connor. Okay. She tweeted out because it's part of her job that a robot killed a (laughs) line worker at the VW plant in Dusseldorf.
0: Gee, I wonder I wonder where the geeks took that one. O'Connor, huh?
1: This is a problem. They then show her Twitter feed going. Guys, I never saw the movies. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't... Don't follow me. I only talk about insurance adjustment. You don't want that.
2: For the record, Ronald... you going to be very
1: disappointed. For the
0: record, Ronald Reagan is following me on Twitter right now. I saw
1: that. <laughs> well, Craig, like your nerd burger. It's,
0: it's springtime in Craig's world again.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah the internet is not a place where really really did you think that this culture (laughs) and this society was going to coalesce infinite monkeys on infinite typewriters and give you sir richard Attenborough? really (laughs) my god that's stupid (laughs)
0: let's see here (sighs) ah Let's see what Jim's opinion is on this. That, okay. that was fun. Sure. Let's see if Jim has a strong opinion about this.
2: Gee, I wonder. <laughs> That's
0: going to be the theme of, epi- of the episode today. <laughs> this, this actually is just is a fun story. Um, there's a young lady. Uh, she's a 21-year-old college student in New Jersey. And for several years now, she has been having a hard time with people because of her name. And now it got worse. Hmm. It, it went bad. And then it got worse. Okay. Just recently, her name is Alexa Siri. <laughs> wow. S e a r y.
2: S e a. But
0: pronounced the same way. Got it. Sure. So as soon as Siri, the app, sure, the 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 lady talk helper app yeah. on apple and everybody started calling her miss siri they started blah, 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 you know blah. they started asking her questions siri they walk up to her because ho, ho, ho. Uh-huh. you know it's funny the 700th time she hears it uh-huh. when somebody says walks up to you and says siri can you recommend a restaurant in the area
2: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and then, um, and then amazon came out with
0: and then the alexa uh-huh. thing with the echo came out and uh, so it's it's now ramped up um also Is her middle
2: name google assistant <laughs>
0: Whatever they call. She that. should change her name. Google <laughs> should pay her to legally change, change her middle name for a year and use her as marketing. Yep. Like you, every so often, you hear of like some little like one of the little casinos in Vegas pays mm-hmm. somebody to get their logo tattooed, tattooed on their for, forehead or something. Yeah, for a year and they, they <laughs> publicize it for a year. So.
1: How about how about instead they pay her to do this ad? Hi everybody. I'm Alexa Siri. I don't use either of those pieces in junk. <laughs> yeah. I use Google Assistant. That's right. They, she doesn't
2: even need to change her name.
1: No, and and well, I I actually did think when I heard that it was called Alexa that Amazon hadn't done the kind of due diligence that I felt that Apple had done because I presumed that they lit on Siri as a way of avoiding this in the real world. Right. That they sat around and said... What sounds like a sort of humanish name, but is not, but, but won't burden some human. Right.
0: It won't burden some human, and it won't accidentally be two syllables in the middle of another word.
1: Right, right. And well. you, you know, we all know that corporations spend a lot of money with big launches like that, carefully paying attention to who could we offend, who could we uh, inconvenience, who would we be harming. Um, Sort of like you know all the Jennies that had eight six seven five three oh nine yeah. once upon a time, yeah. and, <laughs> well, and 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 I, I thought Apple did a pretty good job because and I thought of that.
0: And on top I, of it, typically, if you use Siri, you have to activate Siri.
1: Correct. Hey, hey Siri. You have
0: to say Hey Siri, or you have to press well, the button. Or You're already yeah, or you have to get to it going. Have it
2: turned on yeah. so that you when you say Hey Whereas Siri, it the, recognizes The
0: Echo, it. the Amazon Echo, or Echo or Echo Dot just sits there, and as soon as you say. Alexa, it starts listening. There's no
2: way to turn that off. No,
0: there's. You can give it two other names. Okay. You can call it. You can. You can change its settings, and you can call it Amazon, and you can call it Echo. And so you can, like, if you've got a daughter named Alexa, you can change it to mm-hmm. Echo, so that.
1: Yeah, but I every time I you yell at if they your went little with girl, something that relatively common.
2: Yeah, I don't know. And for the record, Siri was developed by Siri, a small company that Apple bought. So, <laughs> oh, maybe they did their due diligence to make sh- darn sure that that name and that the combination of syllables wasn't going to be a problem, but they kept C- the name. I get C- uh, C-
1: PC pants. I get the
2: <laughs> I get the the
0: syllables of Alexa. That Siri McPower C- C- some- Power PC <laughs> pants. Thank you. <laughs> 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 something close to that that activates that you know somebody says something on television every so often. Yeah, it activates mm-hmm. <laughs> my Alexa. Tells orders me a, Or orders you a dollhouse. No, and it some doesn't porn. do any of that. It, but it does. It does. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Six. the second one. <laughs> Six
1: tons of porn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, uh, it, <laughs> it, it. It usually responds with like the the. It's standard, you know. I don't understand what you're asking me because it 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 doesn't make out a proper sentence. Um, but I actually, you know, and I actually, I think in an episode of Modern Family about a month or so ago, Manny is talking about a girl in his class who is named Alexa in the intro bit, Mm -hmm. the opening bit. The cold open. Right. And she mentions her name and I'm like, crap. (laughs) Is he going to be talking to her and about her for the rest of the episode? And he never does. Oh. So uh, my my Alexa only bursts out talking once once (laughs) during that episode. (laughs) So I guess, uh, She'll just have to cope with that. Although you know what, she could do. Getting back to your point, Jim, of of being doing the promo for Google Assistant, if her name is or if her middle name doesn't already start with an N, as in Nancy, she could change it so that she would have the middle initial N, and then she could actually go on TV and say, "Alexa and Siri mm-hmm. prefer the Google <laughs> Assistant."
3: Yeah, yeah. it kind of sounds like and. Yeah.
0: Million dollar idea. That's three now. <laughs> You are on a roll. I am. A Kaiser roll. <laughs> Everybody loves a good Kaiser joke. <laughs> I know that, Jim that, does.
1: I do. <laughs> Jim is
0: a student of history.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> and we're on the centennial of the hun- of the First World War, we're actually rolling to the end of the year. So.
0: Wow. Uh, yes. What else you got there, Mike? Anything, or do we want to we want to get ro- Jim rolling on one thing before we get to the big topic? Yeah. Okay. So what were we gonna let Jim talk about? What were we gonna let him? Well, <laughs> um, that's not. Oh, well, that's not unfair. There's the scroll thing. Scroll oh, oh
2: yeah.
1: I sent that in. I look, folks, folks. Sh- I want share the with the class, Burger Universe, <laughs> to know that when I was clicking around because Craig, what he just, uh, a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> the nice folks at Nerdburger email me and say, what do you want to talk about? Which means I go back to my little bin of links I keep. Oh, we might talk on Nerdburger about this and about this. This just blew through my feed one day. <laughs> and I said, well, we can't talk about it, but it'll give the guys a laugh. And What I'm talking about is an article from Cosmopolitan Magazine online, hmm. which I do, to which I do not subscribe, but does get aggregated into some of the sites I follow. And it is about an alternative form of Botox injection mm-hmm. that is not intended to firm one's forehead or <laughs> cheeks, Yeah. but is instead to balloon smooth one's <laughs> scrotum.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we've covered this on the show.
1: And therefore, it is called scrotox.
2: <laughs> of course it is.
1: And, and the thing that struck me about it is... The uh, may I may I call upon the assembled to read the title if you have it there by chance?
0: Do you have it open? No, <laughs> neither do I.
1: <laughs> All right. The title thereof is "Why Scrotox is a Good Choice for Men." <laughs> now, bear in mind this is in Cosmo.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. sure.
1: Which, my understanding, based <laughs> on my tra- is being read predominantly by females, and therefore. I conclude they want the women in men's lives to say, hey, sweetie, mm-hmm. look at this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And they go into fairly hydraulic detail <laughs> about why this is a good idea for a dude.
3: Or, and it's or written, for women to pressure their dudes dude. into.
1: <laughs> the article is written by a dude. and. I just – my first, middle, and final reaction (laughs) was no. Uh Absolutely, fundamentally, no. I cannot – and, of course, we, we are led back as we are with all plastic surgery. Who thought this up? I want to meet the person who thought it was a good idea to in- and they describe this procedure. Now, by the way, also, the guy writing it is a doctor.
2: Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: So he's got the clinical knowledge and information about this, so he knew what to expect. And I gather he's a plastic surgeon, so he knows about Botox as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
1: talks about it. Now, I, I have spoken
2: botulinum to toxin.
1: I have talked to people who have had it, who love it. I have told in their face. Each one of them. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Just making sure. No, no. I have never met anyone in this Grotox fraternity. <laughs> uh, Got to figure out my my Greek letters for that. <laughs> um, but theta. I've, I've uh, <laughs> yeah <beta>. probably. Uh, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: <laughs> but I've spoken to the people who have botox, and I've spoken to people who have done the other procedures, and with those. I'm utterly repulsed by the process.
2: Describe it to us.
1: <laughs> oh! No! It's you have to make incisions into the skin, sometimes as far back as the ears. What? Face, yes. face Botox. Yeah, on the face. Oh. On the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're taking no. the scenic
0: route to the nutsack. <laughs> I thought <laughs> it was behind the ears. <laughs> needles.
1: <laughs> no, no. No, it is, but the incision because remember, the other thing they're going to do with the Botox is pull the skin back. Oh, so you're you're not going to get Botox just for Botox. You're going to get the skin pulled back
2: too. Oh, so it's it's done in uh, conjunction a with a face procedure.
1: Yes. Yes. Um you can do certain amounts of Botox. I am told that do little touchy, you know, nip and tuck type things. Yeah, where mm-hmm. they just they Which just is, stab a little into your eye, your your brow or your lip, or where whatever. you have like right. a crease that yeah. you don't right. want. But the problem is, if you do that, sooner or later, you're going to need the whole thing. Yeah, because your skin will sag around it, hmm. <laughs> and so you're going to have to have it all pulled back, and you have to keep doing it. That's how you get things like the way Burt Reynolds looks today. Although he had facelifts back in the older days of facelifts and you get weird things like what unfortunately Joan Rivers looked like by the end. (laughs) Where where you get plastic looking. Yeah. Yes. And your face freezes and all that stuff. But this
0: Rob Lowe and behind the candelabra (laughs) looked like a wax mannequin.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) It's so, so weird. But this procedure, it's pretty direct. It's, straight into what you would think it is. I gather they, they approach from the ventral. <laughs> you know, the approach is ventral. But he said it was less painful than the Botox he had had. I said that, I doubt. But <laughs> and, and then he said they became, and he <laughs> then just starts describing his scrotum in terms that I'm just not comfortable with. He is anybody who is that reflective (laughs) about the size and texture of his nutsack
0: spending too much time looking at
1: it. Thank you. I just thought, really you are that obsessed with this microscopic part of your anatomy. This is a thing you would want to do. And I'm just going to throw it on the pile, the burning trash heap pile of this is why our culture is doomed. (laughs) <laughs> because because this is it. This is what you want to get. This is what is wrong with your life.
2: Your balls Surely, aren't smooth enough.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, start. stop for a second. I, I do not... I, I'm a, a person who believes in evolution. I think it's true. I think we evolved this way for a series of naturally advantageous reasons. So I take from this the conclusion that there is a reason my nutsack is wrinkly. <laughs> I believe that Neil deGrasse Tyson would look at me and say, Yes, scientific advantage to the shriveled nutsack. That is what he would tell me.
0: I am going to take so many of the little lines that you guys are throwing out there and clip them out of the show and put them on my soundboard. Mike saying, Your ball sack isn't smooth enough.
2: <laughs> yes, Jim saying, Yes, my nutsack is wrinkly. And
0: now me. I'm going to have to do a whole other soundboard.
1: Uh, because so i assume that that is so and it also the fact that it is has never once in my entire existence given me problems (laughs) not one time so many other parts of my body have broken on
0: that they they actually need
2: maintenance
1: that need maintenance i I, have i told you that i am that i am among the toughest men alive because i have an inside tattoo we've had this conversation
2: an inside tattoo
1: yes i am 50 which means one must get a colonoscopy at 50. Everyone should do this.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And, and and they found things in there that were that would have been a problem had they not done that. And they removed them and my doctor was so concerned about one of them that he put uh... a tattoo on the spot where he took it out. Interesting. So when he goes when he goes back in he, to check he me again, he knows exactly where to look. Exactly. He will then go in there and look and I said, "God, this is this and by the way, for those people who love magic or miracles, that's a miracle." OK, the <laughs> fact that he can go in there with a camera and a knife and a tattoo needle.
2: <laughs> what, what kind of Swiss Army scope is this? Is
0: it, I, I, is like, it I, what else is on it? Is it a heart with mom in it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> my son was so dis- my son wanted a flaming skull.
0: There you go. <laughs> oh, you, you know, could, Mike, you could get the Nerdburger logo ooh, tattooed yeah. on, on the inside <laughs> of your colon. <laughs> I'll
2: bring it on a flash drive with me next time.
1: <laughs> on the, Doc, Doc, right here. You know, and no, and, and everybody's uncomfortable about it, but it's like, no, guys, guys, go and freaking do this, okay? Just freaking do it. It's not that big a deal. But the point is, I did it. They found some things. They tattooed it. My colon was breaking. It had bad things in it that needed fixing. My eyes aren't the best. I've had teeth dealt with, all this stuff. Dear old scrotum has been pitching for 50 years and never caused me mm-hmm, a problem. Yeah. And and now you're going <laughs> to balloon it smooth? <laughs> What is wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. What I, I just thought, my God, this is so irrelevant to your day to day life. And I'm all, I'm going to go right there too and say, if this makes the difference in your sexual congress with your partner of choice, you have also missed other issues in your relationship.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of hung up on the idea of tattooing the colon. Could you it do? <laughs>
1: like,
0: could you have, could you, you could you do it like the ultraviolet? tattoo the special inks that you know so the only way you can see this if you jam a black light up there (laughs) (laughs) can you do those
1: (laughs) i know and i i have a picture it's kind of cool
0: um glow in the dark there's glow in the dark ones
1: yeah 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 no it's it's actually four dots okay it's 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 four dots is it uh... braille (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think it's tactile you've
0: you've got colon uh... braille
1: I do. I do. That makes it even cooler. I have, dead, I, have, I have dead women lady parts in my mouth, and I have a tattoo on my colon.
0: I can tell you this. You, you say it, uh, it may not be tactile, but I will tell you for a brief time it was braille because whenever you get a tattoo, you, it does swell a bit. The, this, the flesh that does gets that, tattooed swells a little bit. Mm. So Is that for, true
1: of the colon? I would assume so. I don't know. I zero
2: is... shopping results on Google for Blacklight Dildo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Make one. Million <laughs> dollar idea. <laughs>
0: Episode title. Yep. <laughs> um okay. What's the plan, Mike? Give uh give Jim a minute or two with Zelda or, or No, roll. we need to we need to roll. Okie dokie. All right, everybody. Um, This is the time on this episode of Nerdburger where we are going to start talking about a movie that was in theaters recently and is now available uh, via download and video on demand and discs and all that kind of stuff. And we are going to talk about it a lot and we are going to spoil every single thing about the movie. The movie being Arrival. If you have not seen Arrival and you intend to see it, stop listening right now because we will Uh, destroy this movie for you. And it is not worth having this movie destroyed. What's that,
1: Jim? I'm just saying goodbye to the nice people that I know.
0: (laughs) Go watch Arrival, then come back and watch the second half of, or listen to the second half of this episode. Yeah, watch. Stare at your your computer while we talk. Uh Um, Because we're about to go full on spoilers for this. Big, big, big
2: time. I thought we weren't using this anymore.
0: This is, this is because we know it's coming. We're going to set everybody up. Okay. Instead of doing the sudden, <laughs> oops, sorry, afterwards, that's what the Simpsons bit is for. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> when we accidentally blurt something out. Okay, so
2: we'll play that at the end.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we all saw rival.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Ooh, we have a theme song. It's already making me sad.
2: And yet a little hopeful. Both. (laughs) This is the hopeful part of the song. I skipped over the sad part. But
0: the sadness and the hope are all kind of intertwined, which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about.
2: Yes. You get it all at the same time.
0: Yes. All of it. You do. Okay, okay. So, Mike? Yes, Craig? You have now watched
2: the movie how many times? Oh, I don't know. At least half a dozen. And you've read oh, the wow. read the story. And I read the story, but only once. <laughs> Mike only reads <laughs> one I time. Read, and I read the story like three weeks ago, so I might miss some things. <laughs> um, I've only I've only actually watched the movie once. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just oh. watched
0: that one time when I rented it.
2: Um, I liked it so much that you is, watched it six times. It is <laughs> the first movie, the only movie that I have purchased through iTunes, because you know me, I like me some physical disc action. Yeah. All my entire music collection, except for the stuff that Allison accidentally bought on iTunes without telling me on our shared account. Or Alexa bought for you. And now I have The Cure and Depeche Mode (laughs) automatically downloading on my phone. What the hell is this? (laughs) Um, I buy CDs. Mm -hmm. And then I rip them on my computer and I put them on my my phone. I do it all manually because, damn it, that's the way I learn how to do it. And I'm not going to change. And, um, yeah, so (laughs) I didn't want to wait to... (laughs) I didn't want to wait 2 days to get my Blu-ray with HD dig- digital download that allows me to then download it from iTunes. I just went and bought it. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I could watch it again because we we rented it from the Redbox.
0: So, so um what'd you think, Mike? Let's 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 go around the table. <laughs> didn't he just Let's tell just, us? Let's just I think sp- I liked it you think you a little. Liked it? Yeah. I thought it was pretty damn solid. I have one quibble about kind of a major part of the movie but i am willing to cope with that because the rest of the movie
2: is so good is my my take on it. i have i have two things like that but i i liked everything else so much i thought everything Jim, how was many so, things do you have so good that i'm i i'm, I'm willing to overlook it
1: you I, I was sent into this particular coal mine and that's not an insult i'm just saying i, I was sent into this mine uh as as part of show prep. I, I did show prep by renting a movie. Look at that.
2: And <laughs> we, we asked you to watch this so we could talk about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I did, and I'm not mad. I, I the bottom line to answer a question you asked in pre-show, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it a fair amount. Um I've I have subtitled it The Introduction to the Bootstrap Paradox. Um for, for be or Bootstrap Paradox for Beginners. Sure. Is what I would call that movie. Um I will watch Forrest Whitaker read the phone book.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I will pay money for that. I will wonder what the hell accent he's trying to
2: do. I think it was supposed to be like Boston-ish. I
1: think so too. <laughs> but I, but he is so good, I do not care.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought it was a bit languid in its pacing. But I know that that's what they were shooting for. And I have to be a little careful that I'm not slipping into a late or (laughs) early 50s guy mode of somebody shoot something. Um,
0: (laughs) Which is actually, yeah, that's the thing that the the idea that somebody would shoot something and how they set up the Russians and the Chinese potentially getting hostile was actually part of the thing that I didn't like. There's everything that's happening with um, Louise. Yep. And what's the guy? Ian. Ian and Louise Ian. and the military and they're the, they're going out there and they're going to talk to the aliens in the big floaty ship.
2: The that habitat. the one that the one that's the one of the twelve that are around the world. This is the one in Montana, Montana. Montana. Yeah. in the U.S. Um, and there's the whole thing with them trying to
0: communicate, and they're going back and forth with uh, the military guy. With uh, well, he comes. Forrest, to, Whitaker. Forrest
2: Whitaker plays Colonel Weber, who comes to Louise as the top linguist in the country, and uh, and plays her. A, short audio recording of somebody trying to talk to these things and you hear all these like
3: <laughs> weird noises
2: and she's like oh, I can't possibly translate that I need to be there and he's like oh no no I see what you're doing and uh anyway so he he ends up giving in to her cuz they don't have any other choice and 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 because that's where the story needs to go. It was the just, the, <laughs> but, but there's, <laughs> it was just the pre- the, the pretense for the that. The aliens make noises that don't necessarily correspond to their written language, and she figures figures that out. That they need to be teaching and learning, or translating between English and this weird written language that these giant squid-like aliens scored out in ink in a big circle with yeah. all sorts of bumps and ridges. Right, and so
0: that's all happening. And so there's the linguist and the physicist, and they're trying to talk to the aliens and they're making some progress. But the military in, is like, where you gotta get, you know, we need you to answer the question, why are you here? Why are they here? Yeah. Um and she said, Well, that's you know, that's a really open-ended question. We need to establish grammar and we need and to figure out the whole and, the whole right. translation process. But mean in the meantime that,
1: that that, by the way, though, is the best scene in the movie. in a walk. The scene where she explains why, why are you here?
2: Oh yeah, she she goes to to erase the and, the dry and, board. and, she and, goes, and yeah,
1: Jer- and she's gonna wipe out. Jeremy
2: Renner goes. No 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 no, not the top, <laughs>
1: not the top, not the top. But no, the, but at the bottom, at the bottom, she writes. She writes in that she just parses the sentence. And yeah. she said, "I I get it for you. This is a very basic thing, but she then breaks down in pieces why intentionality." And why all the other concepts that are loaded into that sentence?
0: Well, it's it's all the, the ephemeral concepts of what is what what does you mean? What is you know you have to be right. able to do these do these beings identify individuals? Do they see right. the, do do they even see a difference between us and them? Then or, or then, then, then they see said, me and as you. She says,
1: "Are we talking about aliens as a group, or are we talking about this Joe alien guy? Why am I here? Yeah, it's my job, lady. What do you want? I'm me
0: here. To yeah, I'm here to." teach you this language. Why are we the group of us here?
1: So all, and it's a simple sentence and she, point, and it, you know, it's a meditation on a lot of things. One of them being language. It's and a, I think that's the high point.
0: It's a total word nerd moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what happens is that's all going on. And then there's the whole backdrop and they use it to eventually take her it's, away. I'm getting there. Yeah. They use, the idea that Russia and China are potentially going to get hostile and then the Americans eventually pull back and are worried about what's going to happen and everybody goes dark and nobody, none of the other they all stop countries talking are to talk, each other. aren't talking to each other. And they use that as the impetus to put her situation in jeopardy. Like, she's yes. not going to be able to continue this because the military is saying, nope, we're leaving. And that forces her and Ian but, to, you know, basically dare Forrest Whitaker and the rest of the soldiers to shoot them. And to go and try to do this, and then that's when she runs in and actually approaches the aliens in person without the big glass wall between them. But all that stuff that had to do with like, well, the Russians and the Chinese are going to get, you know, they're getting hostile, and they're and all the communications breaking down. And look what, guess what, Pakistan's doing the same thing too. They're following suit. And And the United States military, the United United States military is going to pull out. I was like, that was like. When, when when they introduced the military, I said, "Okay, the Russians are going to want to shoot it." Before anybody mentioned Russians, I said they're going to tell they're going to tell us the Russians want to shoot us. And then they said there was China. I said China too. Yeah. In my head, I was playing that whole part of the movie, saying, "And then it's all going to break down, and then the military is going to try to take her away." And I thought that was the most kind of cliche sure. way to do that, but it puts you know it, it ups the stakes for Louise. And the whole thing with Louise and Ian and the heptapods and the, heptapods well, and it's, the it, actual story of learning the language and everything, that's so much, that's so good that I was like, okay, fine, you can do the cliche
2: thing that just gets us where we need to go. It's the conflict in the plot. And it doesn't, none of that is in the story. The story is very much, it's just about, like a science, a sci, a classic sci-fi short story where it, it goes back and forth. It's all first person narrative from Louise's perspective, but it switches tenses right and it it, there 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 are things where he writes it it's ted chang i think is the author and when when she's having her memories of the future Mm -hmm. it'll a sentence will start out something like i remember when when you'll be in high school and you'll do this like she switches tense tenses (laughs) in in the the sentence. sentence yeah okay God, that would drive me nuts until I figured out what they were trying to do. <laughs> well, no, you figure it out right away, what's happening in the okay. story, which is also different from the movie. The movie it's a big tricks you yeah. into thinking that... You think it's all flashbacks. It's all flashbacks. And what's interesting is if you go back and watch the movie, you only watched it once, mm-hmm. Jim, I assume, you watched it once?
1: Twice now, yeah. Oh,
2: okay, so Jim knows. Jim watched it the second time, so he gets to see... It's one of those movies where... A second viewing would second do you good viewing, to see how that plays for you. The, or a third or yeah. like the, or six, seriously, like you, <laughs> each time you can keep watching it and you will, you, you're, I'm constantly finding different things Sure. in this. That, I don't, that, I you, don't doubt you that at all. wouldn't notice at all. It's one of those, it's really, really, like you said, it's, it's really deep. Yep. When, when we talked about it a few weeks ago.
1: It's a medit. like I said, it's a meditation on a number of things. It's a meditation on language. And the effect that language has on our thinking. There are a number of hypotheses there.
2: Sapir-Whorf um, That's the one, the one they quote in the movie.
1: Yeah, the one, that, the one that's quoted. And, and it's based on some pretty good science. Uh, it, it is, it, and one of the, another one of my favorite moments was this whole reflection on the fact that spoken language is temporal, necessarily. And it has written language is not. Beginning and end, yeah. And written language need not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh the other the other piece that I like and that's that was my reference and that's where I really started to realize what was going on is as I started to to di- I I'm pretty familiar with the bootstrap paradox because of my love of Robert Heinlein who I think brought that concept into the argot with his book his, by his bootstraps in what 1941 something like I wanna that. I want to say um that, and that's a short story, th- is it not? Correct.
0: That's the one I, I've read. That one where it's okay. Spoilers for by his bootstraps as well. Every character in the book is the same person. Correct. At point, different points of the in end. time. Oh, okay.
1: Everybody's the same person. But it's it's and some believe that the bootstrap paradox came originally from uh, Baron Munchausen, where he famously pulls himself out of a swamp by pulling on his own ponytail, <laughs> <laughs> and therefore it goes to any sort of a temporal paradox in which a causal factor a cause is injected into a temporal loop creating events that then become an integral part of the loop such that cause and effect become irrelevant and that's basically what she's doing the entire plot is a bootstrap paradox and it's a sequence of them yes you know how does she how does she prevent the war she prevents the war because she learns the language well how does she figure out the language they Well, what does that teach her? That teaches her how she can think into the future and think about the words that General Zhang, General Shang said, his wife tells him on her deathbed. Well, how does he communicate that to her? He communicates that to her. She communicates that to him during the crisis of the movie. How is that even possible? How does she
0: learn that? Well, she learns she that. Doesn't it, learn it until eighteen She learns that in the, the future when she meets him and he tells right. her, "You said I have to tell you this." Yeah, you. I okay, have so to show
2: that, you my phone number so you know. You know it now, so, you, that, so, you so, can so that you can use it eighteen months, months ago. ago.
1: <laughs> right. That is that is a classic bootstrap paradox. Yeah, yes. and the,
2: the the dying words are: "In war, there are no winners, only widows." Right which they, they, uh, the writer spent like all kinds of time. Like the director told him it needs to be really good. It needs to be this like really great sentence. And so he sure. came up with it and then they didn't, they didn't subtitle it.
1: Well, I think that that's, Oh, I, Oh, I, 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 you know what? For a, for a
0: movie about language, I have no problem with that. You want to know what that says? Go find out. Oh, and somebody internet. on the internet did. So. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. It probably took about a minute. Uh huh. You know, for somebody. Well, you just watch
0: movie, it on. You watch it on any of your streaming services
2: now, and just turn the subtitles on. Well, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it if it picks that up, but it may. It might.
1: Anyway. I, but no, I mean, it's. It was. I, I. wound up looking it up right after I finished watching it because I figured it was something pithy and prosaic, and sure enough, it was. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So all those loops, but not just those loops, but the the loops of will she have the child. You know, will she have the child and why does her marriage break down? And she knows her marriage breaks down. The other thing is, and this is the difficult part, but since we're getting to talk about all of it, the first place I heard about this movie was in its message that is, quite frankly, strongly pro life. Uh, In the movie, she is confronted with, Will you have a child, even though you know this child is going to die young and in a tragic way? And we know in the movie that jeremy renner's character ian leaves her because he feels that she made the wrong choice and yet she makes the choice to have the child
0: yeah but first of all real quick did did she make it clear when she tells the the, her daughter why daddy left she says i told him something he wasn't prepared to hear
1: yeah correct did did, that she's that she's going to die okay that's why he can't look at her the same way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when the, you first okay, that's, to, that's to, the, right. That's the way I took it as well. I wanted to make sure we were on the same to, page. To Mike's that was point, your interpretation. You Talking about well.
1: seeing the movie the second time, that becomes a very originally. That makes when you first hear that line, it makes Ian look like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like Ian is suddenly not in love with her anymore, or not doesn't love the daughter anymore, wants to move on with his life and his science, whatever. When you find out why, it's heartbreak.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: because now here's this daughter that he obviously still loves more than anything. And he knows she's going to die and he can't handle it. Right. Because that's he, what he can't handle.
2: Yeah. She can handle it because she, her brain works differently than his. now at that point. Well, she's,
0: she's accepted the whole, the whole point of like, she's going to get married, have a baby with him he's going to leave. That's going to mess up her and the kid and, and the kid's going to die. And all this is going to happen. But, and she knows it's all, all going to happen because it all has Had, happened. It all right. happens at the same time in her and memory. That's, right. And, but she accepts that, 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 that is how her life is mm-hmm. and will be and always was. And because of those, because those are the types of choices that she would make. It's a weird dichotomy of like fate and it's, it, you know, fate and free will. It's like, right. she's making all the decisions, but she knows what the decisions are. Therefore, it's faded. Sort but at of. the same
1: But it's the old question about would you want to know the date of your death? Yeah. And, well, she, and she, the, she does. She they never that. touch on that, but she, she oh, certainly knows. knows. She, yeah. Well, the movie answers the question. It, it, right. And it answers it in a much more poignant way. Not just would you want to know the date of your death because I don't know a parent living that won't deal with their own death and the death of their own child.
0: Yeah. It, the makes, death of it, makes it, child, it makes it more difficult because it's the death of a child.
1: That's that's horrific. Yeah. You know, my own death is one thing. You know, contemplating the death of my son is is it's hard to reckon with. And so, knowing that the fact that she still accepts it is an ans- is again in my mind not only a strongly pro life message, but it's uh, it's an additional message of no. When you think this way, when you know this way, as they do. Um, it, you, you, it, you think as you say, Craig. You think differently. You understand that there is no trauma in the future. The future just is what it is.
0: Well, the future, the present, you know, and the it, past are all the same thing. Technically, the, right? The child is going to die, but she is always going to have. She is going to constantly and always have every memory she's ever had with the child. Mm-hmm. You know, right. she, she never has to worry about losing any of that. So the child will have what life the child has. Short as it may be. 12 years. But she, you know, even, even in the linear progression sure. when, when the daughter's dead, she will still have every single moment. Like nothing's mm-hmm. ever going to fade on her because she is right. essentially constantly experiencing that's a good, that's a good every point. moment in her whole life all at the same time forever until she dies. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's a powerful message is that we, because our language and because our lives are lived in one direction, at least at the moment. The future is a place of immense dread. We, you know, we fear what is to come. You know, you fear: am I going to get a horrible illness? Am I going to become poor? Am I going to be homeless? Am I? To, are people near me going to die? And all these fears come to us when you know what they are. It brings you a sort of peace.
2: She's seen the movie already, right. and she gets to right. so she gets to watch it again and again and pick out all the. <laughs> Which is all all the different stuff
1: that you didn't notice before. Say in the defense of Jeremy Renner's character, that's the one thing that struck me about his reaction, and I think is to be spoken in his defense. Which is, she took years Mm -hmm. to process this. She not only learned the language, but she slowly, gradually, and then in a dramatic way understood Heptapod B, and as a consequence. She and then internalized all that information, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, and doesn't tell him for years Mm -hmm. and then expects him to deal with it well. Yeah. You know, that's that's rough. That's that's because I think as when your mind changes that way. By the way, I thought that do they explain in the book why it's Heptapod B? Did they
2: say Heptapod B in the movie? Yeah,
1: that's that's the name of the book. If you look at the book when 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 he she there's that quote unquote memory, it's a future memory oh, yeah. of her opening her book.
2: Oh, does it say translating uh, Heptapod B in the book? Correct.
1: Yes. On the title it doesn't page? say
0: it doesn't say Abbott and Costello, <laughs> as they call them on the show.
1: Yeah, which is which is not their them. names in the book. It's no, right. it's
2: Flapper and Raspberry.
0: Um, which,
1: which which they they chose much more wisely. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> the, what well, was,
2: yeah, it was it was cute how they had like a tall, skinny one and a shorter,
1: squattier one. Yeah. <laughs> but they uh no it's but...
2: heptapod A is the spoken language
1: oh in the book okay. because that's got a linguistic resonance between uh Kwanai A and Quani B which were the two languages of ancient Greece we have lost Quani A hmm. and Quani B is what has come down to us on the rosetta stone so i assumed that was that reference i've not and maybe may given that that you're... may be why they well
0: and it goes to jim's point about the spoken language in the written language, you got two different languages. One of them is dependent upon time and one of them is outside of time. Right. And that, you know, that, that ties to the, the, the two Greek languages. One, we have lost to time.
1: One is written down. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yes. I like that. But, um, So no, I,
2: uh, yeah, I was just going to say, getting back to the, I, I saw the, some discussion of the pro-life argument, and I, it's pro-life in the sense that it's for it's for life. It advocates for her having the baby, but it's not it's not anti-choice or anything like the, the choice is there's no abortion discussion at all. It's do we even conceive the child? Not no, do we the, conceive the child a... and then go, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, I don't understand why, you know, politically anyone was trying to push a message. Oh, I do. That it,
1: oh, I do. Oh my gosh! I mean, I don't want to take this too far down the rabbit hole, but at, all, at full disclosure, I'm rabidly pro-life, and one of the strongest arguments you'll ever hear is that there's misery to bringing a child in the world just to suffer. You know, children with disabilities, right? Ch- sure, children with. I mean, I threw a nurse out of a room because she came in to give my son the uh, amniotic fluid test that they give for Down syndrome. Ah. My wife will tell you the story. She came in with a cart and said, I'm here for this test. And I said, why? She said, well, it tells us this. And I said, yeah, and if it does, what? Because there's no cure. No. There's no cure. They're just asking, you might want an abortion. And I said, you need to get out. So it, it, that, this is a real part. Now, I have no idea what the intent of the movie maker was, but it was a punch in the face for me. It was delightful. It was delightful. I The notion that you would affirm that even 12 years of life with this even though it has a horrible end, is good and should be chosen because remember she's also choosing on part of her daughter.
0: Yeah. And regardless of what anyone's intention was, whether there was an intention to
1: yeah to yeah I don't know throw I out can't: pro life
0: regardless of what it is, that's the beauty of art, right. is That everybody interprets and they brings it own, out there. They and bring we, their own yeah. things to it, and so some people are going to see that as um, an anti military movie. Sure given the military undertones and like, well, oh, so as soon as we don't understand the thing, the first thing we do is shoot it. You know, they, they'll they bring that to it. Or some people will see oh, a and, life and message. Some way, people will see fate versus free will as the, as a big message. You know, it.
1: and that, by the way, when Craig, a movie's you, really man, done I mean, well and
0: it is art, we can get that. Go ahead, Jim.
1: I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the only part I really didn't like was the alt-right subplot with the bomb.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, really? The, the clearly right-wing internet really? show that and, the, you all know, the yeah, soldiers are that, listening that to. Yeah, you that
1: moron from InfoWars, and, you know, obviously <laughs> a riff on that. Alex Jones, know, dude li- yeah.
2: Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> a dude, li- dude living in his mom's basement. And suddenly, they manage a truckload of C4. Yeah, yeah. try to get that big an amount of C4 out of your base, dude.
2: <laughs> no, 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 it's the birdcage, I swear.
1: Yeah, huh <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the size of that bomb they brought up there? Yeah, yeah good, it was like, good luck. yeah. What's that for? i just checking it out. You know, gonna go blow some things up. Yeah, it doesn't happen that way. And the other part that bothered me about that was, and they, have, there's been a lot because this is this I actually went online and read up on. There's been a whole lot of hand waving about why Abbott and Costello just don't let those guys in there. Yeah, they know what they're doing. So why let them up? And it was like, well, you know, Abbott, what is it? Because Abbott dies, yes, right, and because they're just doing that, they're being brave and noble. I get that. There's a real simple way: don't open the portal to those morons.
2: Yeah. Well, they, you know, I,
1: there, there's not a good answer to that.
2: Well, yeah, there is. They because they they know what's going to happen and they have to let it happen because that's what happens.
1: <laughs> okay. So, right. Okay. So then, well, then rather than talking about it in a more controversial context, let's talk about this here. So there is no agency to what they see. What they see is unchangeable.
2: Apparently, yeah.
1: Okay. And if that's so, that's so. That Okay.
2: And and right. I've struggled with that too, trying to wrap my brain around like, well, is it is there no free there's no free will when you think like a heptopod? Because you're you, you're seeing what is going to happen no matter what you do. Yes, but it's based on your decisions.
0: Right. Right, that's you. That's you, will, the, you will make those
2: decisions. Right, those are the decisions you're going to make. You can't change those decisions. You've already made those. You've decisions. already made those decisions. Right, because but, every, you, but, but, that's, but you made them, that's what you made. them Right, that's the point. It's not you, If you think about it in terms of a of a time travel movie, no one's traveling through time. There right. are not, you know, 1985. Louise doesn't go to 2015 and see her future self with a crippled hand, unable to play the guitar. <laughs> No, right, you know her, her, it's, her mind. Her mind—it's—it's it's
0: quantum leap. Her mind travels through. It time. doesn't travel though. It's it automatically of, well, knows
2: everything. It, in a in in the way that it's presented in to our, us in the movie in our in our like understanding of
0: time, jumping forward, in our linear understanding things. of time. Yes. Her mind is progressing forward and backward in time right. because we understand in to but her. That's,
2: that's just a. It's all at the same time. That's just a device. There's no trap. That's how they show us yeah. in the movie. <laughs> So it it you know if you don't think about it in terms of traveling through time if you think about it as knowing everything instantaneously at one time yeah it's all there then right then it kind of, then it makes way, sense
1: <clears throat> that's how you, that's how you avoid the second law of thermodynamics problem with things like with the bootstrap paradox mm-hmm. because you know this goes back if you've seen the Christopher Reed movie to, uh, time after is it time after time somewhere in time
2: somewhere in time uh,
1: somewhere in time He keeps carrying this watch through a temporal loop. And everybody points out about this watch, which is traveling hundreds of years backwards and forwards in history. Whatever is happening to Christopher Reeve, that watch should be decaying. And because the second law of thermodynamics says that entropy happens. Right. And so I was thinking about that in the context. But Craig, I think you're the one that said it. Really, if, if this is the case... Past, present, and future are always, in a different sense, present to Louise. Yeah, they're just there. It's not like she's going anywhere. They're just present in her mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just. So, when she learns the language, she comes to understand time in a non-linear way, right? fashion. Correct.
1: It's- and I, the, the other thing I was going to ask about the, uh, are we to understand that Ian was slowly beginning to understand it, and that's why he asked her about dreaming about them?
0: No. That, i okay. think i, I don't think... i don't i didn't i didn't get that feeling
1: because at one point in the movie yeah. towards the end he says to her and it seemed to me to be one of those scenes like hey uh you've been dreaming about them because you know if you have cool i'd like to talk about it. but if not you know i don't want to i'm not of course that's
3: crazy.
2: <laughs> i think that that was uh that was brought up in the in the context of the sapper wharf hypothesis and okay and so it was just he, he was just being the scientist and asking questions, so are you dreaming in their language now? um and, but the interesting thing about that scene, and if you've watched the extras, you know this um she keeps she's he's off to her left, and they're both sitting down yes and and but she keeps looking towards her right and like she's almost like she's addressing someone who's standing to her right, and then at the very end, she looks and turns and talks to her right. And they show what she's seeing, and it's Costello. I think it's Costello. Yes. That's standing there in the room, like mm-hmm. clear as day. And so you get the idea all that these she's, little she's hints hallucinating. Of, she's
0: constantly having visions. Right. The way we think of it is, is she's seeing the future where she's having. The... Well,
2: I interpreted that as b- based on the, the the discussion of dreams that she was just so sleep deprived or stressed out or whatever at that point that now she's hallucinating seeing the thing right standing there in the room um but what's interesting is that scene was originally shot with forrest whitaker standing there and that's why she keeps turning and looking and talking to her right but they re-edited it to make it creepy (laughs) (laughs) interesting
1: huh because i i took that as i frankly took that as her brain rewiring well I think uh, that, and maybe know, that, that's, that's
0: that's just the I think intention. it's one of those little yeah, it's one of those little things like just you know like what we thought were flashback scenes um, you know, I think you know it's one of those it's one of those weird things where there's there comes a point in her life where she learns the language and then fully understands what's been happening to her her whole life, right she's been having these visions all along, she's always been able to do this, she always has done this, she has always understood time in everything all on top of each other. She's, she's always had that, but she doesn't understand that she's had it until she literally gets to the point in time
2: where she when learns, she learns the language. their language. And that's when we start seeing her flash forward. That's when we realize forwards, what... Then which then is we, nearly halfway through the movie. When we realize what's yeah, happening. Before that starts happening. Um, not counting the opening sequence. Yeah. Real quick, we need to wrap this up shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the music. I wrote My, my note is, the music. Oh my god! The music, <laughs> awesome. I obviously I downloaded the the, 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 you're the a beginning. Fan. The the beginning and ending music is is one piece of music called "On the Nature of Daylight" by Max Richter. It's actually from two thousand four, um, but you can get it online. Uh, the rest of it is Johan Johansson, who has worked with the director Denis Villeneuve in his previous movies. Um, real weird stuff. It's kind of nordic it's kind of middle eastern it's just it's 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 a lot of like throat singing kind of stuff and weird editing of vocal performances that's made to sound like sounds and not not uh voices um the cinematography this is the guy i can't think of his first name his last name is young but he did selma and he's on board for the han solo movie as cinematographer young guy and uh if you notice the movie's really kind of dark and dingy and dim and the colors yes. are subdued. Yes. Um, except when she starts flashing forward, it's much brighter. And it gets warmer. A, it, it gets warmer. It gets brighter. The, the colors stand out. And I don't know if that's just necessarily the, the, the that scene.
1: Is. The particular scene is where she tries to remember zero sum game. Yeah. And that's a, that, that is a strikingly different scene from literally the whole of
2: but all of the scenes of like the daughter playing outside and there's like yes, yes. Dappled sunlight and lens flares. And, and it's the huge depth of field where there's a lot of close-ups of people's faces and the backgrounds are just completely out of focus, but that's, and it's all done with a handheld camera when, when they do those. But I just, I I, I, I love when movies do that, like the matrix, every time they're in the matrix, there's like a green cast to everything. mm -hmm. Um, like slap, oh brother, slap that green gel pack on the on yeah. the lens. Oh, brother, where art thou? Where they completely washed everything, washed everything out, and and digitally recolored all of the g- bright green leaves and and trees and everything mm-hmm. in southern Mississippi to make it look like it was dry and dusty.
1: That movie is better than Citizen Kane. Write it down. <laughs> the um, no, I I've defended the argument that Oh, brother, where art thou? Is the best movie of the century. I will. That's not for this time, but I, I will do that.
2: Um, but anyway, that's Roger Deakins, the, the, the DP that worked with the Coen yes. brothers. Oh yeah. And this guy no, is kind of a, kind of a student of his, so to speak.
1: The, the, the cinematography piece that I remember the most, which really a directorial call, is the repeated down tilt shot that begins the movie mm-hmm. and appears repeatedly throughout, but you're always panning down from converging lines. From lines that are running forward into the future.
2: hmm Oh, yeah.
1: And you pan down. Yeah, and you perspective. see that yeah. in The first shot is of the her ceiling of her house. Yep. But it appears a good I would say four times that I saw for sure.
2: They do it inside where, the ship. Yep. Yeah.
1: R- where you see that same that's that, that same shot. And a special call out as a as a as a technical piece. A little bit, just a little throwaway, but it was really neat, is when they first go up into the ship. And they have to deal with the gravity thing, and because there's <laughs> zero gravity above the shelf, they just tilt ninety degrees. Uh huh. And now, basically, from the perspective of somebody down at the bottom, they're walking on the wall.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: <laughs> and they sh- and they shoot that angle. That's a great piece. I they, love that. All, they all
2: that, very very carefully jump out and float, and Jeremy Renner like leaps really fast and ends up falling flat on his face. <laughs> yep. Aha. <Ugh.
3: laughs>
2: <laughs> well enjoy
0: that because that's the last joke you're getting for this show all right <laughs> for,
1: well, that's for, that, true. for that movie it's not a show with a ton of laughs let's say yeah, that
0: it, it is not filled with laughter
2: no Alrighty. all right Craig, craig's got to go somewhere yeah
0: <laughs> i have to go talk to ando about ando Ooh. Mm-hmm.
1: wait wait there is an ando yeah is it is it ando calrissian oh
0: he will Mm, slap you like that we've made that joke
1: oh he doesn't is that a bad thing oh crap
0: you you know the moment where uh (laughs) you know when when somebody makes a joke about your name and they think they're being clever but you've heard the joke fifty thousand times. like alexa siri
1: (laughs) right well no honestly i i I wasn't serious when i said is there an ando i didn't know there is one then i gather
0: yeah you don't listen to enough episodes he's a regular guest.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, all my all my apologies to... Andy. <laughs> I will not in future make any Endo-Calvisian jokes.
0: Alright, Mike, where can they find us? Oh,
2: thank you, Jim. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us for any reason. nerdburgershow at gmail.com and
0: uh you can go to dri- uh, go to nerdburgergames.com for game stuff you can go to drive through rpg.com to buy the book you can go to our website uh, nerdburgershow.com for a link to a 15% discount on that book which i'm now announcing to all the audience members who left <laughs> there's a link on our webs on on the nerdburger <laughs> show website
3: that you can
2: use to uh to get the, ho- the hardcover a little cheaper and hopefully that's still there when you get around to seeing arrival and remember to come back and listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, there we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig begin seeing the entirety of their lives all at once. Then they teach the heptapod language to all of their listeners so that all the listeners can experience every single episode that will ever be recorded all at the same time. That's some good Nerd Burger. What, what podcast gives you everything at it once? It's like binging on
3: Netflix, but with audio.